Welcome to Talking Mopars episode number 64. I'm still on holiday break, so I thought it would be fun to replay a new show that I'm working on for video content on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page. It was just an experiment. I had a good time doing it, and I'm still trying to figure out how to streamline that, but I thought it would be fun to share it with you guys here on the podcast while I'm still on holiday break. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Hey guys, what's up? This is Hunting Mopars, a new video series that I'm doing on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, basically documenting my search for Mopar project cars. Now, for the first time ever, you can come along for the ride and see what goes through my mind and my thought process behind the cars that I choose to post every day, every week, all year long, every year. So I thought it would be a, uh, you know, a new dimension that would be kind of fun so that people can understand what goes on in my crazy head and why I post these cars. All right, guys, the best way to do this is just to get right into it. I don't want these videos to be too long. You know, this is not only part of the Mopar Hunter, but this is also part of Talking Mopars, the podcast. So I don't know if it'll actually ever be posted as a podcast, but, you know, the Mopar Hunter and Talking Mopars are kind of one in the same, so I promote them equally. But let's get right to it. Let's get into the search and the hunt. I've actually already pre-chosen the three cards that I'm going to post tomorrow, which is Monday. It's actually Sunday night at 10 o'clock right now. And I don't even know when I'm going to release this video. I might release it tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow night. You know, I don't know yet, but this is what we're doing. We're going to, I'm going to share my screen here and show you the cars. Okay. So the first car we have is a 1971 Dodge Challenger. Let's take a look at the ad. 1971 Dodge Challenger V8 Coupe original car, true barn find, $9,500 in Dublin, Pleasanton, and Livermore. That's the San Francisco Bay Area, the East Bay. So here's the ad. It says, hello, I'm selling a true barn find sitting for 30 years in an old man's backyard. It's a 1971 Dodge Challenger V8 Coupe automatic original engine. It's a complete car, just needs to be finished, non-running, it does have rust, does have keys, clean title, bring a trailer and cash, call, you can see the number right there, serious buyers only, no emails, please bring mask and gloves, thanks. Says the odometer has 80,000 miles, title status is clean, condition is fair, okay, that's debatable, <laughs> true barn find, okay, I there in all these pictures here, let me just scroll through them real quick, I don't see a barn <laughs> and anybody that listens to my podcast knows how I feel about barn finds this car was posted two days ago and just judging by the pictures here let's get a closer look let's see here quarters don't look too bad it uh the back window it looks like there might be a little something right down in there but overall the car doesn't look too bad it's uh just a base model Challenger, so it's nothing crazy special. It looks like it's got decent bones. Just kind of 
when I look at these cars, I just kind of get a quick glance at them and just see overall first impression on this thing is that it probably would make a good project car. Granted, all we can see is the outside right now, but judging by what I see, it looks pretty straight. I don't see any indications of a major accident, but you know, that kind of stuff can always be hidden very well. Um, you know, obviously it needs some work. You know, it looks like a complete pile. You know, it looks like a hoopty. So I don't think you're going to get in this thing and start daily driving it tomorrow if you were to buy it. But um, let's see what we got back here. It looks like there's something happened there on the quarter. Uh, the back window does look like it's got some stuff going on. It's probably going to need some repairs. And just judging by what I'm seeing here, I'm sure that the trunk and the floor pan probably needs some work. But nothing too crazy. You know, this car isn't one of those cars that looks like it's too far gone where it can't be saved. Um, these types of cars, you know, if they're non-RTs and they're just kind of base model challengers, I think they're great for like resto mods or what I like to call rusto mods. You get this thing, you, let's just say you throw, and I know people are like, oh, here he goes again. But let's just say you throw a modern Hemi in this thing and get everything underneath the car good and up to par, you know, make sure it runs, drives, and stops safely, and then just drive it like a hoopty. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how crazy I am. But it's also $9,500. Um, got the Cali blue plates on it. Uh, looks like it's going to need, need some work back here. But overall, not too bad. Old Firebird in the front. This should be reversed. The Firebird, sh the Firebird should be in the back. This should actually be reversed. The Firebird should be in the back of the Challenger, you know, as it would be on the street. But, you know, a little little bubbling up here on the hood. That hood's got to go anyway. Um, you know, it's a 71. That's a good year. You know, 70, 71 are my two favorite years for the Challenger. Um, I prefer 70s, but that's just me. Interior, obviously, crack dash, automatic. You know, can't see the seats. It's got these old you know the wool covers over them um it's like some parts on the inside the car doesn't look too bad you know for 9500 bucks i definitely wouldn't want to pay that um yeah i'm thinking more like 2500 <laughs> you know that's me i'm a cheap ass but you know these cars obviously you know they're getting rare and you can't find them all the time but you know, when you say the word rare too, that's kind of subjective because it's like, you know, how rare is a base model Challenger? Not very rare, you know, when it was first produced, but just the fact that it's a Challenger, they're getting harder to come by. So if you can score one for cheap, you know, jump on it. But this one, 9,500 bucks, let's get out of here. 9,500 bucks. It's got a title. That's good. 80,000 miles. Yeah, I'm sure it's got 180,000 miles, but looks like a little damage right there too on the driver side um you know original car true barn find eh you know people try to throw the term barn find around like it's going to sell sell the car quicker or get more money for it nah sorry man this is a $2,500 car you know that's just my opinion but just based on what I've seen here you know what are you going to throw 60 grand at this thing and restore a you know a base model challenger you know okay it's got a 318 in it whoop de doo <laughs> you know what I mean no special colors nothing like that I, um, you know, these types of cars right here don't excite me based on, oh, restored, that car is going to be worth a lot of money. Or if I hang on to that car for 20 years, you know, I'm going to gain a profit. This kind of car isn't like that for me.
but you know, who knows? It could make somebody a great project car. You know, maybe somebody's like, you know what? I don't want to butcher a true RT car with the numbers matching, you know, 440 or whatever. You know, maybe they want to do something crazy with the car. Maybe they want to pro street it or something crazy like that. This type of car would be good for that. I don't know if I'd pay 9,500. I actually wouldn't, but you know, anything less than 9,500, cool. But me, <laughs> I go there with 2,500 bucks cash offer and see what he says. And if he says, no, it's a good thing. I got another couple grand in the, in the car, <laughs> you know what I mean? But let's, uh, let's move on from this one. I'm going to post it anyway, see what you guys have to say about it. Up next, we have, let's see here, we have a 1969 Dodge Charger. These are always fun because they're usually overpriced. <laughs> let's see what we got here. 1969 Dodge Charger runs, drives, registered, $24,500, Fountain Valley in Orange County, California. Condition says good, okay. Odometer 99,999 miles. That typically means they don't have the actual mileage and that it's exempt. Um, title status, it says clean. Let's read this ad here. 1969 Dodge Charger 318, auto, bucket seats, center console, AC, runs and drives, clean candle. <sighs> See, these are the types of snafus you don't get to hear on the podcast because i edit them out so runs and drives clean california title in my name with current registration new gas tank fuel pump rebuilt carb new exhaust new turning gears and chain new timing cover new water pump new starter new distributor new wiring for the battery ignition over forty five hundred dollars spent to get this car running and driving very very solid california going to need some lower quarter panel patches <laughs> going to need some lower quarter panel fuck going to need some lower quarter patches and some patches along the back window typical charger rust floors frame rails trunk pan and rockers are all perfect will come with a 69 grill instead of the 68 grill and then he gives his phone number let's take a look at some of these pictures here looks like an xp charger nothing crazy not an rt car based on what i see here so far you know when i say a car is solid that just means it's not a rot box. So based on my first initial impression, I go, okay, you know, this thing seems like it has some good bones, but let's take a look at some more pictures. Okay, quarters don't look too bad. You can see the shackles down there. Um, rear window area looks like it could use a little bit of work, but obviously I'm sure a lot of us have seen a lot worse. Um, car doesn't look too bad. Looks like the door's a little jacked up here. Um, but, you know, with these old cars, especially in this type of condition, you can't expect much. You know, as long as you don't have a complete rot box, you should be happy. Now, the price, on the other hand, that's a completely different story. But let's take a look here. Back doesn't look too bad. Doesn't look like it's ever been in a major collision. Trunk lid looks a little off. No key. No lock black plate california car passenger side i don't know if the door is just not shut all the way or if it's jacked up it looks like it's hanging a little low there so probably going to need to address the doors and the alignment on the panels if you're that picky you know what i mean oh god look at these mud flaps i hate those things <laughs> um it doesn't look too bad it looks fairly solid 
see what else we got here. Okay, this is going to be a problem right here. <laughs> look at this. Look at this fender. That's a problem. Look at that. It's probably an inch thick. <laughs> All mud. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess I can't be too picky, but I can be picky, you know, when you're talking about over $20,000. Okay. This is underneath the car. Whoops. This is underneath. Looks fairly solid. Um, I mean, <laughs> you can get a little crazy here and just look at what is going on here. Okay. So it doesn't look completely rotted. I mean, you've seen cars where the frame rails are just gutted, basically, and they're just falling apart. This one doesn't look like that. It definitely needs work. It doesn't, it's not presentable underneath here as far as like if you were to take it to a show or something, but look on the outside. <laughs> You're not taking this thing to any show and trying to seriously compete. This is one of those ratty, you know, no frills, no thrills, no gimmicks, just old beater ratty Mopar. And that's okay. Yeah, I guess that is kind of a gimmick, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well. So, what do we have here? I mean, it doesn't look really that bad from underneath. And that's a good thing. You know, likely a California car its whole life. Still got the undercoating on it, looks like. Um, <laughs> these shackles. Hilarious. But yeah. I mean, solid, solid underneath. I think this car does have good bones. You know, it obviously needs some work, but, you know, underneath doesn't look too bad. Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I'm not seeing something. Maybe you're watching this right now and you're going, Chris, look at that thing. <laughs> you know, but I don't see anything that is of crazy concern to me. Well, you know, a lot of this stuff that for these chargers... You know, E-bodies and B-bodies, you can get everything you need to basically, you could start with a firewall and build a whole car out from that. But, you know, we like to find things that are complete. And this thing looks, you know, what do we got here? Here's the fender tag. Nothing special. XP car. So it's not an RT or anything like that. Oh, here's the trunk. Trunk looks like it's got a little surface rust. Nothing crazy. I love it when they just shoot some rattle can over the surface rust. <laughs> it's like, that. yeah, look at that. Just shining, trying to shine up some rust. <laughs> looks like a new fuel tank in it. Eight and three quarter. Um, yeah, not a bad car. You know, okay, here's the interior. There's the console. I mean, it's <laughs> it's there, I guess. <laughs> Definitely needs help, but it's you know I'd rather buy a car like this than one that has no interior. <laughs> you know what I mean? So overall, uh, you know, cool car. You know, is it worth twenty four thousand five hundred dollars? That's the big debate. If you ask me, no. No, it's not. This car right here, 15000 <laughs> you know. The thing is, is it's nothing, aside from being a charger, okay, it's really nothing special. But here's the thing. People are paying crazy money for chargers, even non-RTs, especially if they're solid. And, you know, do I disagree with that? Look, if I had, if I had 
a disposable income, I'd probably buy a lot of these chargers too, just because, you know, they're getting fewer and far between. But, you know, 24.5, that's a big number for, you know, project car that you're going to have to sink tens of thousands of dollars into if you want it to be, you know, show worthy. But if you're like me and you just want something safe to drive and you don't mind, you know, a little mud, you know, underneath some of that rattle can paint or, you know, a primer fender, you know, what you, the things you got to do when you got a ratty muscle car or screw it, you just get it running and driving safely and you drive the hell out of it and leave everything else. <laughs> you know, you're the type of guy that throws a, a bath towel on the seat and says, I don't need no seat cover. <laughs> you know, your wife's like, can't you just go to, you know, the auto parts store and get a wool seat cover? And you're like, hell no, throw a towel on that. Suck it up. You know what I mean? You throw some dice on the rear view mirror and you call it good. Get the barefoot, barefoot gas pedal. <laughs> yeah. Cool car. I, you know, me, get it running, throw it on some craggers, maybe just do the upholstery. Definitely take care of that situation there. <laughs> I'd rather put it on hijackers than have these things. Um, but yeah, uh, 24.5, I think he's optimistic and. You know, I wish him the best of luck. And that's not an insult. That's just my opinion. There's probably a guy out there that's like, I buy him all day at 24000 <laughs> You know, that ain't me. Because for one, I don't have the money. And two, mm, I think that there's better deals to be had. You just got to look a little bit better. But I like posting cars like this because I love to see what people say. You know, I know this car is going to get torn to shreds. 318, <laughs> 318 Charger for 24.5 For 40000 I can get one that's already running and driving, which is true. You know, this one does run and drive. That is a bonus. <laughs> In the world of project cars, especially Mopars, something that's 95% complete and that runs and drives, that's that's a good thing. Now, the price, on the other hand, eh, you know, let's just let's let's think about this again. 24.5, it runs and drives. Clean title. You can register this thing. I still think he's high. You know, not literally. But figuratively, like 24.5, I think he's probably looking more like 18, you know, 15 to 18,000. You know, if this thing was posted for 15,000, it would have already been sold. You know, I'm just talking about from a good deal perspective. You know, if it was 5,000, see ya. 10,000, see ya. You know, 15,000, okay. There's some people in the market for a charger that runs and drives for 15,000. Once you get into the $20,000 range, there's a lot of people that go, 20000 I'll go get a used Charger RT or, or Challenger RT for that, you know, like a newer one. But, um, you know, there is definitely a market for these cars in the mid to high teens, low 20s, you know, especially ones that run and drive. So moving on, let's take a look at our next, our next one here. Our next pick for Monday is a 1976, here we go, Dodge Tradesman. I thought this thing was badass. So this is in Denver, Colorado. It's a 1976 Dodge Tradesman for 2,500 bucks. Title status is clean. Let's take a look at this ad here. Selling a 1976 Dodge Tradesman. This would be a great project for someone with the patience and the time. It starts and drives, but the transmission needs to be rebuilt. Also, the moonroof needs to be installed. But I've already purchased a replacement with all the parts included. Email if interested, and we can schedule a time to test drive it. Serious inquiries only. 
So let's take a look at the pictures enlarged. Wow. This is rad. <laughs> you guys know me. I love these things. I grew up around custom vans. You know, it's got the porthole. It's got the keystones on it. A little bit of a deeper dish back there. I like that. I like the paint job. You know, it's not what I would do personally. But when you're talking about a 70s van, that's pretty rad. And I've already got one on the line. Well, look, look, it's on a We Buy Junk Cars trailer. That's hilarious. Shout out to those guys buying junk cars <laughs> or cool vans. Um, it's got the porthole. This is actually the same wheelbase as the van that I'm going to buy in spring from my friend Stacy. Um, I can't wait to share the pictures with you guys. I've just been holding out. I don't know why. But uh, it basically imagine this van on slotted mags and just a faded like orange red paint job and that's pretty much the van I'm buying it's a 73 but um this one uh not too bad I like this thing very cool let's take a look at some of the other pictures it looks solid from here I mean <laughs> doesn't look too bad I've seen a hell of a lot worse a little bit closer here it's got the BFGTAs baby um it looks pretty solid. You know, what's under the paint, though? That's the question. Looks like there might be something along here. Something there. Um, front looks good. You can get a shot of the interior here. It looks like it's only got a driver's seat. The rest is gutted. That's okay. You don't want to buy a custom van that already has, like, bedding and stuff in the back because who knows what happened in that thing. And I think we can all make some assumptions about that. <laughs> Yeah, so it's got a single seat in it. Tack on the dash, that's cute. <laughs> um, yeah, it's gutted, ready to go, ready to build. Oh my god. Wow, it, old school right there. I'm sure a lot of you guys know what that is. If you took this to like, if you took this van to like an import show or something more modern, like even a, even a Mopar show and you had modern guys that are just they're modern Mopar people you, you can ask them about you know the muscle car era the real muscle car era from back in the day and they don't know anything um those types of guys they'd see this and they'd be like what is that thing <laughs> stick your whole cell phone in it and be like oh you can just stick your cell phone in it <laughs> um very cool oh look it's got a sunroof in the back of course it's got the portholes like we saw earlier not too bad in here. The floor looks a little messed up, but nothing nothing too bad. I mean, you know, talking custom van here, it's all getting covered in shag carpet anyway. <laughs> There's the other sunroof. Very cool. Nothing too fancy in here. Super start extreme battery. The grill, actually, let's go back. The grill looks to be in fairly decent shape here. That's kind of that's kind of a hard piece to find too. They don't remake that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Cal looks good. Under hood looks good. Here's a problem. Okay, here's where here's where the truth comes out. The driver side floor pan. Look at that. Bunch of rust. Look at these riveted pieces of sheet metal for patches. Now, you know, hey, if you got a junker and you just need to and you don't want to put some you know money into it to get real floors hey this is this is a great 
great solution to that problem. Temporary, of course, unless you really like ratty pieces of shit. <laughs> but uh, guilty. Um, but yeah, this. Uh, why didn't he patch this part too? I mean, if you're going to do that right there. Oh, that's funny. But hey, you do what you got to do. You know what I mean? What are we talking about here? 2500 bucks? Jeez. You know, the the prices I've seen some bands going for, this is not a bad deal. Okay? Um, I mean, 500 bucks of it is just in the wheels alone. You know, I've seen some keystones, some original keystones going for crazy money. So this isn't too bad. Um, 2500 bucks? Yeah. Go there with seventeen fifty. See what he does. You know what I mean. Go there. Go there with a grand. He'll probably laugh at you. And then you say, "All right, fifteen hundred. He'll laugh at you again. They go, "All right, seventeen. And he'll probably say, "Hey, two grand. Just give me two grand. <laughs> give him two grand and have yourself a van that you can customize, and maybe practice some welding on. Look at those floor pans. <laughs> that is funny. Let's take a look at that again. Wow. I'm going to see how many people actually click through the pictures. Sometimes I look at the ads and I'll click through the pictures and I'll see one completely asinine picture and I'll be like, oh my God, this thing is going to get ripped to shreds and nobody looks at it. Nobody mentions it at all. Nobody looks at it. Nobody mentions it at all. And, you know, I'm disappointed because I'm like, I posted that so you guys would rip it to shreds on that picture alone and they don't. <laughs> but that's another thing I want to say. Some of the pictures that people posted these cars are strategic. They don't want you to see everything that's messed up on them. Um, or they're sucky photographers, you know, or they just really suck at taking pictures, you know, one, one or the other. <laughs> but not a bad, not a bad deal. You know, it starts and drives, but it needs a transmission. Okay. That's not that big of a deal. Um, 2,500, I, I try to get it for around two or less. Not bad. So if you're in Denver, Colorado, go pick up this van. You could probably pick this van up, clean up that floor pan a little bit, and probably hawk it on eBay for, you know, make a little bit of a profit if you're into it. But me? Gosh, look at that thing. Look at that thing. Come on. All right, that's groovy as hell, okay? But, guys, that concludes the simple Mopar hunt for this week. I just wanted to share how I do it, typically. And, you know, I hope you enjoyed this first edition of Hunting Mopars with yours truly, the Mopar Hunter. Plenty more to come, and largely they'll be unedited, so you can see my fuck-ups, because <laughs> I think that's really fun. And uncensored, too, because I'm kind of a sailor sometimes, and when I record the podcast, at least I can edit it out a little bit. But when you do things like this video, or live streaming, God, live streams, I gotta really watch myself, but... Something like this, I can have a little fun, get a little, you know, let myself go a little bit and just, you know, be myself, be my true authentic self. Now on the podcast, the reason why you don't catch me, you know, especially when I'm by myself, if I'm by myself and I'm recording a podcast, you know, I, it's a lot different of an environment when I have my friends like Johnny Mopar or Blake or Chuck or any of these other guys that I have on the show. When I have them around, it's like I'm just chatting with the buddies. So I automatically get into that mode. That's authenticity. And something like the podcast when I'm sitting down recording it and then I listen through it and then I do the editing pro uh, the editing process and the post-production. You know, you know, if I drop an F-bomb or, you know, I say shit or something like that, I can edit it out real quick. But something like this, let's leave it authentic. You know, if I'm reading an ad and I screw up, let's leave it in. <laughs> 
So that's what we're going to do. If you don't like that kind of stuff, I understand. I get it. See you later. <laughs> but if you want authenticity and you just want to see what I do here and how I do it, then Hunting Mopars may be the show for you. You've probably seen the show that I just released. It's And I say shows. They're like, they're short videos. Okay, folks? But um, I released stalking Mopars. And that's just me going around looking at the local cars that I know about and trying to get the story by going up, knocking on the door, and then hopefully getting footage of the cars close up. You know, because trespassing is a little bit, you know, sketchy, especially if you got a neck tattoo. You know, you can't just go walking on it. And you're brown. You can't just go walking onto people's property. You're going to get shot. So what I do is I like to go up, knock on the door, maybe get some spy footage of the car from outside a little bit. Not getting right up into it, but, you know, getting close enough to smell it. You know what I mean? And then go knock on the door and see if you can make a new friend. But sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Sometimes the people just, you know, they're bothered. People that go up to these guys and gals with these cars and bother the hell out of them, you know, eventually it gets old. And then when people, they've, they've got that bad impression. So then when other people with good intentions go up there and try to ask about the car, they get their door slammed in their face. So I try to avoid that kind of confrontation. I go up there as an enthusiast and basically want to get the story of the car because that's what it really is. You know, if it's for sale, you're going to get that in the story, right? You go, so what's the story on the card? And the guy knows he's selling. He's like, I've been trying to get rid of it for weeks, but nobody's, or years. I've been trying to get rid of the car for 20 years, but nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Or they say, look, I've got, and they'll pull out a stack, a stack of numbers and business cards and stuff they've gathered over the years of people trying to buy their car. You know, you get that kind of stuff. I've seen that, you know, locally in Linwood, Washington, over by the Alderwood Mall, there was a famous car that everybody in the area knew about. And it was a 1969 Dodge Charger Daytona. And that car was notorious for the blue tarp that covered it that eventually just rotted away, you know, after so many years. And you could see it's a Daytona on it. You can see the wing. The center section of the wing is gone. And the car is just a complete rot box. It is, I mean, it's the closest thing to a Joe Dirt Daytona you're going to get in Washington anyway. I don't think I've seen anything worse. But cool car. Would I have bought it? Yes. If I could have afforded it. But the guy knows, you know, one of what, uh, uh, one of 503, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the rarity of a car like that is, you know, if the person knows what they have and most people that have a Daytona or a Superbird know what they have, you know, so you're not going to, chances are you're not going to, you know, give the guy 10 grand and, you know, get the keys handed to you. Now, how much did I offer the guy for the Dodge Charger Daytona? I offered him ten grand, and uh, I had friends that have gone there before. Um, one in particular offered the guy a bunch of money and a fully restored car, another Mopar on top to sweeten the pot, and the guy said no. You know, and it is what it is. Eventually, he did change the tarp, so there's that. And I used to check on the car once every few months, just because it's so cool to see a wing car. You know. I, the only wing car that I know of in the area that's in that type of condition, you know, I don't like to use the term barn find because it's not in a barn. It was in the guy's driveway for years and decades even. Um, but eventually the car disappeared. I remember I went there. I always got excited going like maybe this is the day there's going to be a for sale sign in it. <laughs> but I went there one day. Car was gone. Place was cleaned out like the people moved or got evicted or whatever. And, uh, I almost, I almost felt bad. I was like, oh man, that's it. That's, that's my wing car. The wing car that 
I wanted, <laughs> you know, that everybody in the area that was a Mopar guy wanted that car. You know, it was a rot box, but hey, it's a wing car for Christ's sakes. So that one slipped through the fingers and I felt bad. I was like, wow, you know, maybe I should have did more to get more money, you know, but it didn't happen. And it is what it is. I don't know where the car is now. I heard rumors that it was in an apartment complex. I've heard that somebody else bought it, but regardless, I haven't been able to track it down. So if you ever see this and you live in Washington and you've seen that red with the white stripe in the back, Charger Daytona, then uh, let me know. It's missing the center section of the wing and it's a complete rot box, but it's a wing car, like I said. So that concludes this week's episode of hunting Mopars or today's episode. I don't know. I'm going to try this once. I want to see what happens with it. Maybe I'll do it for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll see. But these things can go long. You know, we're already at, you know, right around a half an hour. So I was only intending this to be, you know, five or 10 minutes. Um, so we've already gone over because I have a tendency to blab. So that's hunting Mopars. My name is Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. We'll see you next time on hunting Mopars. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar-addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com or leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. Special thanks to my friends over at HemiPages.com and DIYHemi.com. Before we go, I'd like to tell you about the two best ways to help support Talking Mopars. The first way is by visiting the website and checking out the merch shop. There you're going to find all the current Talking Mopars merch. So go get something cool today and help support the show. The other way to help support the show is by becoming a supporter of the Mopar Hunter Facebook page. All you got to do is go to the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, and there's going to be a big blue button that says Become a Supporter. If you become a supporter for only $4.99 a month, you're going to get exclusive access to bonus monthly video and podcast content, including exclusive live streams, a discount code for the merch shop, special giveaways, and exclusive access to my new Facebook group for fans of the show, the Mopar Hunters Association, where I'm going to be posting all the cars, parts, and Mopar collectibles that you don't see on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, in addition to talking to you, my loyal supporters, and giving you guys another platform to share your cars for sale and the cool stuff that you find. All the new exclusive content for subscribers and supporters officially launches on the first of the year, but by joining early, you will be entered into a special giveaway to be announced when it officially launches. Thank you for helping me with the No Mopar Left Behind movement. I hope to see you all there. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.